0: We're continuing our series for those of you who are new uh, or have not been here before on contending for God's presence through prayer. So the focus, our focus is being in God's presence and being cognizant of that, being aware of the manifest presence of God, largely through the exercise and the discipline of prayer. So that's where we're headed today. I'm going to do three number one reasons. um, I noticed my phone is about ready to die and that's where I have my notes but anyway so maybe I'll be winging it but um so the number one reason what is the number one reason to pray anybody have any ideas what why should we pray why i don't mean to say should but why is it often suggested that we pray anybody have any ideas to give thanks yeah yep to Increase in your relationship with God. Anybody else? How about because the Bible says to do it over and over and over and over and over. This is a dominant theme in the Bible. I love love Tony Evans. Anybody know Tony Evans? He kind of talked about, he said, he said the Bible or or a prayer kind of reminded him of, you know, when you go to a sporting event and before the event, they do the national anthem. It has nothing whatsoever to do with the game necessarily. It doesn't have anything to do with the game, but they do it anyway. And sometimes that's kind of how prayer is for us a little bit, isn't it? It's like we kind of pray these things and they and they don't really permeate. And so today I really want to talk to you about kind of the the why and the how of prayer and why we pray, why we should pray. What is the number one reason that prayer is not answered. Anybody have any ideas? The number one reason prayer is not answered. That's one reason. Yep. Anybody else? We have doubt. Yep. What else? Yeah. I think the number one reason prayer is not answered is because it's not prayed. I have been learning so much. I've been a Christian for over 30 years, and I have learned more in the last two months about prayer. And I just, I'm having a little personal revival right now. I'm so excited about prayer and how it is transforming my heart. And of course, I've been a Christian for such a long time that prayer has always been a part of my walk with the Lord, but it's I am so focused, oops, so focused right now and so completely intent on being aware of his presence at all times that I have been just going deeper and deeper and I'm not saying this to say look how spiritual I am. Please don't hear me. I'm saying this to say let's all go together. Let's all go deeper together. Let's let's learn what Jesus is talking about when he was teaching. You know, a, a lot of times people will say that, that when the disciples came to Jesus, that they said, teach us how to pray. Well, that's kind of implied, but more importantly, he, they were going to him saying, Jesus, teach us to pray. Because they watched his life. They saw what God was doing in the midst of Jesus's life and they wanted that. They wanted that intimacy. They wanted that, just that awareness of the presence of God. So that is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, would you, speaking of prayer, could you pray with me and for me as we go into God's word? We're going to cover a lot of different verses today. This is a topical study. So for those of you, um, I don't know if you know about, but there's all different ways that you can do teaching. Some Some pastors, um, they like to start in Genesis and go all the way through the Bible until the very end, which takes literally years. Um, Some of them like to just uh, take one book and then kind of go through that. Um, Some of them like to do topics. I'm kind of a combination of all of it. I, I think it's really important to understand the whole counsel of God. But there are times where I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking a specific thing. And that's what I think the Lord is speaking to us now is, is, is to understand and to, to do what it takes to sense the presence of God, to sense that ever nearness of our God. So can we pray together? <sighs> Lord, I, I am amazed at your goodness, Lord, and your kindness, Lord, and, and just your nearness, Lord, and how you are an ever-present help in time of need. Lord, I want to thank you for your presence. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I just ask that you would do a new thing today. Old things are passed away. Behold, the new has come. Lord, do something new in us. Do something new in each of us as individuals and as a church. Lord, we don't have any other agenda than to see your name glorified, to see your name lifted up. And so we just submit to you. We surrender to you. We give our hearts to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um... I'm going to do today. uh, First of all, I wanted to just say, you know, Jesus felt that it was important to pray. Even Jesus, who is God Himself, God in the flesh, He even prayed. Remember the stories whenever you hear about the fishes and loaves? It says, and Jesus prayed and He lifted up, He lifted this up to the Lord and He blessed it. It's if even Jesus thinks it's important to pray, how much more? Do we need to pray? Because we are contending against our own sin, against our own flesh, against the, the voices, the loud voices in the world. And so the Lord is the Lord wants to bring us to a new place. I believe this is prophetic. I really believe this is a prophetic word for those of us that call this their home, the adventure. And, um, I've been studying something, you know, there, there are always a, it's always a, a variety of different levels of spirituality or, or of understanding. Um, uh, and right now I'm studying something that, it's kind of this mind-blowing concept, and it's called the aseity of God, the or some people say the aseity, but I think it's pronounced aseity, which which means that God is self-contained. It means that he is self-sufficient in a good way, that he is uncaused, independent, non-contingent. And in philosophy, I, I have a degree in philosophy, which has benefit, benefited me very little, but um, But it has helped me to learn kind of how to think and to think logically and kind of understand these kind of these spiritual principles now that I've become a Christian. I I got that degree before I was a Christian. And the reason that I probably don't use it much is because I was mostly stoned all through college. So... (laughs) but I did pay for that degree. But anyway, um, but the aseity of God is kind of this concept that I've been studying lately and it is literally blowing my mind. I am so impressed with this God who, you know, sometimes we think there's like this cause and effect thing when we pray that, oh, well, if I pray, then God will do this. Or if I pray, then, or if I serve God, then he'll love me more. Or if I do this, then God, no, God is completely non-contingent. Nothing that we do can change him. He is he he is uncreated. He's the there was a song years ago called the uncreated one. Let's let that sink in for a minute. He's uncreated. He is self-contained. He doesn't need anything. He has no need for anything. And I think there are times, though, when we think that because of our prayers, somehow we're going to make a difference in God. But the thing is, I really believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, the reason that the Lord wants us to pray is because prayer changes us. We get to partner with him and the closer we get to him and the more we get to understand who he is as we pray, then the more we start to pray his will and the more we pray his will, the more we see him act and we, the more we see him work and it's amazing and the deeper we go with him. But I think all, every time that, that the the subject of prayer is brought up, I think it just elicits so much guilt in people, so much shame don't you think? I mean, who of you can say, I definitely pray enough. I probably pray too much. I'm that spiritual. Anybody here? I think all of us think I should pray more, you know, and there's that little condemning voice that's telling us that we just don't pray enough. And God is saying, I want you to pray because I want to be close to you. I want to hang out with you. I want to be with you. So today I, w- I really want to talk about um, just kind of why we should pray or why we get to pray and kind of just some practical application and using some of the, the scriptures that refer to prayer. I mean, this is a topic we could literally talk about this until Jesus comes back. It is so full and complete. I, every. Every week, I always feel like, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start, where to stop, actually. It's because it's so complete. Um, First of all, let's talk about what is, prayer is not. What are are the things that prayer is not? First thing I think, prayer is not informing God. You know, sometimes you'll hear people pray, and they'll, they'll be telling God what's going on, you know, as if he didn't already know. It's like, well, God, you know that James is in the hospital now, and and Lord, and you know that he has this condition. And and they go into this detail about this condition that God already knows. Rather than going, Lord, our brother James is in the hospital. Please heal him. You know, rather than, it's like a, I I have a term that I like to call, um, when, you know, when people are, you know, they're not really praying. They're actually just talking to you, or they're trying to to, um, get you to understand something. I call that preaching you ever been with somebody who's preached at you? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, well, and Lord, we know that it's not healthy for us to go to bed too late. And Lord, we know that we do reap what we sow, and there are consequences, Lord. And, and Lord, we know that it's not good to eat late at night because that keeps us from being able to sleep. And, and Lord, you, have, you ever been with someone like that? You feel like they're lecturing you, they're preaching at you. That, I call that preaching. When, when people are, you know, they're not talking to Jesus, they're talking to you. They want you to know something. The, um, the, the third thing, prayer is not, prayer is not trying to change God's mind. You know, you can't change God's mind, especially if you're praying something that is not God's will. You remember I told you this story about when I I prayed that God would let me marry a man who was not meant to be my husband. (laughs) You know, I had a a man come up to me one time and he said, Yeah, I know. I know I'm supposed to be married to this woman over here, but right now she's married to someone else. So I'm really praying that God would let me marry her. And I'm like, dude. (laughs) I didn't really. That was my inside voice. But... I was like, you're totally praying against God's will. He's praying that this woman who is married to someone. I mean, there's a, even a commandment against that. That's called, you know, coveting your neighbor's wife. But he, he was praying. So that's not a good idea. You're not going to change God's mind about things like that. Um, another thing that's really common, this is not prayer, but a lot of people think that worrying toward God is praying, you know? When you're just worried, you're worrying toward God. So you spend ten minutes just worrying. Well, Lord, I don't know. I don't know how this is all going to work out. I mean, I know I blew it at work, and so, Lord, I know that my boss is probably going to fire me. And so, so Lord, well, you know all things, and so, and so God, I just, um, I just asked that I wouldn't lose my job. And you understand what I'm saying? That's not praying. That's worrying toward God. Okay. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about other options um, besides some of these. Uh, the, the last thing prayer is not is prayer is really, if you are a child of God, prayer is not optional. And, and I'm not saying this to, to shame anybody or guilt you into thinking. It's because when you have a relationship with someone, you have to have a communication or you should have a communication, right? Right? Some of the guys are like, mm-hmm, I don't know, I'd be fine without it. <laughs> but how many, how many wives say to their husband, why don't you talk to me? And I think the Lord is saying to us as the body of Christ, why don't you talk to me? I want you to just talk to me. What are some things that keep us from praying? Shame, guilt, not knowing what to say yeah just we 're stressed we 're busy we think we don 't have time but today the the um, I, I I do want to just cover like some really fundamental um, practical things about prayer but i want to I want to tell you this story that I heard this week oh it was so it was so powerful. There was a christian man who um, was i think he was handing out bibles or he was uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to some people in Russia when this was illegal. And he ended up getting thrown in prison. And since he was in prison, he thought, okay, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. I am going to start to look for the most violent, evil prisoner in this whole prison. And I'm going to start to pray for them. And I'm gonna ch- it's going to change my life and I'm, it's going to change my heart toward them. So he kind of just laid low for a little while, and, and then all of a sudden he realized there was this one guy who was the most violent murderer. He had murdered dozens of people. So this pastor, even though, you know, the, they had very little food and very little time to sleep because they would have them work the whole time, but he would get up before all the other prisoners, and he would, he would get up and he would get on his knees and he would just start to pray for this murderer. He would just be on his knees praying for this murderer. And one night, as he was praying on this cold concrete, all of a sudden he sensed somebody was in the room with him. And he turned around and he looked. He wiped the tears away and there was the murderer standing right behind him in his cell. And he said, what are you doing? And this Christian man said, I'm praying. And he goes, what are you praying about? And he goes, I'm praying for you. And this touched this hardened criminal so deeply that he ended up becoming a Christian. So then the warden of the prison finds out And he sees the change in this violent murderer and suddenly he sees like he's he's suddenly, he's gentle and he's kind and he's loving and he's nice. So the warden goes to this same Christian man and he goes, what did you do? And the guy just goes, I just prayed for him. He goes, okay. He goes, I wanna put you in the kitchen. I wanna lighten your load so whatever it is you did with him, you can do with the rest of the prisoners. So basically this pastor ends up kind of leading all of these people to the Lord and reforming the most, it was the second most violent prison in Russia. And because of the fact that he did that, then they sent him to the most violent prison in Russia. And he had to write his wife a letter and he said, I hope you understand because he was up for parole. But instead he said, I am going to go into this other prison and for the sake of of the kingdom. But you notice it all started with him praying. He prayed that God would show him, God show me who it is you want me to talk to. Show me who it is and then he just every night would pray for this hardened criminal. And so that leads to my first point which is remember we talked about this a couple weeks ago we need to ask. That's what prayer is. Prayer is asking. Praise is praise. Giving thanks is giving thanks. But prayer, actual prayer, most of the definitions, and there are several, but most of them mean to ask. And Jesus is telling us in Matthew 7, 7, he says, ask and it what? It what? Ask and... It will be given to you. You know, the Lord's Prayer that we covered a couple weeks ago, two-thirds of that is actually exalting God and praising God. But the, but the parts where he says, ask, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us. Those things, he says, if you ask in his name, it will be done. And there are three answers to prayer. Number one, yes. And, and this is, you know, hearing stories of people where, where they ask for something and God, gave it to them. The second answer is what? So yes, not yet. That's number two. So it's yes, not yet. And the third one is no, but I have something better. Those are the only three options for our prayer life. Yes, not yet, and I have something better. It's, I mean, Obviously, if you're praying, like, you know, the man who's praying that God would give him another man's wife, that, I mean, obviously, that's a, no, I have something better, obviously, clearly, than being married to someone else, who, there's a lot of levels to that, so, but as you ask, here, here's a really good thing, for years and years and years, I have kept a journal, even, actually, I think I started when I was, like, eight years old, and, um, it's so amazing that when you ask for something and you go back and you flip back through your journal and you see how God answered it. Cuz we forget, right? We ask and then we totally forget. I think one of the one of the ways at least for people like me who tend to be really easily distracted is that that a lot of times I will journal because it keeps me focused. And I pray my I pray my prayers while well, I do it now on my on my laptop which Is a little risky, but because I did lose fifteen years of my journals, but um, but I but I journal it, and then I go back and I read it, and I'm like, God totally answered that prayer, even though I had forgotten. So um, sometimes it's really helpful to pray in a journal. One of the best ways that you know that you're going to pray God's will and to ask for things that you know God wants to give you is to pray the Bible. To just open it up and pray. Let's say. Psalm, um, let me say Psalm 32. He says, um, uh, let's start. um, It says, therefore let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment for you, O Lord, are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. It's a really good idea to pray God's will, to pray prayers that you find in the Bible. And the Psalms are full of them. Usually, as you, as you know, if you've ever come to me with, with, uh, with an issue or ask me for prayer, a lot of times I'll send you back. I'll say, here, read this Psalm. Or, you know, it's a prescription that I give. Another, another good thing to do is pray with someone else. And we'll talk about this a little later. My second point is, so first of all, we do what? Ask, that's A. Then B is believe. You pray and you believe. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, don't shut down now. I know you've heard this scripture if you've lived in Utah for any length of time. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. But, can you say this out loud? Let him... With no okay, doubts driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So when you pray something, pray believing, pray, Lord, I I need wisdom. And that's how it starts out. You say, God, please change me. I'm helpless. I'm helpless without you. Timothy Keller is a Bible teacher, and he did this message that I listened to on a podcast. He talked about the different phases of prayer in his own life. He talked about the very first phase, and I think this is so critical, was the helplessness phase where he just realized he was helpless. He was hopeless and helpless without God. And everything around him, he said, every, he saw his helplessness everywhere. Isn't that, isn't that kind of a good place to start? To go to the creator of the universe and just go, you know all things. I need you. I need you. That's a really good place to start. Humility. The second phase that he said he kind of went through was the works where you petition on behalf of others or you ask God for certain things. You know, you do it like, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And Lord, show me how. Show me how I can be part of seeing your kingdom come and your will be done. You know, you ask the Lord for those things. And then the third part, he said, and this is the one that I that I was excited about. He said, The the third phase was prayer as an act of love. And that's my desire for each one of us is that we would get to the point where prayer isn't just something we check off of a to-do list or something we just do because we have to do it or we feel like it's this religious thing, but it's an act of love. You know, I, I... Years ago there was that book called The Shack, and I don't know where you stand if you think it's ridiculous or whatever. Many people do, but there was one part in there that just absolutely struck me. And it was when um, the Jesus, when Jesus said, let's have devotions, when he was talking about having this connection. And that's what prayer is about. Connecting with the lover of your soul, connecting with the only one who has gone before you, connecting with the only one who can change your circumstances and change you, you know I, do you guys have certain like like um, bad words that that you tend to favor? you just, are you, are you guys as unholy as I am? I have a certain word. For some reason, it's always my go-to. I don't know why, but, but I noticed that the more that I've been spending time really focusing on prayer, the more, I mean, not that I always say it out loud, but it, you know, kind of my thoughts, like if I can't find something, it's that word. And, but ever since I've been really focusing on prayer, it, it just, it doesn't, like, it doesn't come out as easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like that connection with the Lord makes me not, not even want to go there with that. And I'm not saying this like to try to be all religious at all, but it's like, when you're in God's presence, you just want to stay in God's presence and connect here, James in James 5, he says, Are any of you suffering hardships? What should you do? You should pray. He says, Are any of, okay, so here, these are all the scenarios. Are you in this situation? Are you suffering hardship? Anybody suffering a hardship right now? You can be honest. Anybody suffering hardships? You should pray. Anybody happy? Anybody happy in here? You should sing praises, right? Any of you sick? Anybody sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. We even have oil here. We're ready to pray. We're ready to pray for you. And it says, and so this is covering all the bases here. Okay. So we've got If somebody's having hardships, if somebody's happy, if somebody's sick, here it says if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven through praying, praying with other people. And then James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other. I've had people come to me and say, well, I know I'm supposed to confess, but do I actually have to confess it to another human being? It's like, well, no, if you want to just continue to do that sin, that's, that's probably not okay. But if you really want to get set free, remember Ku'ule talked about it at the ladies' retreat, about bringing it into the light, confessing it to another human being, because it is so hard to do, and it's so humbling. But here it says, confess, doesn't say confess to God. Yes, you confess to God, but it also says confess to whom? To each other. And then pray for each other. Doesn't say go out and share the news with everyone else or gossip about each other. It says pray for each other. So don't confess your sins to just anyone. You know, the Bible says that discretion will protect you and understanding will guide you. You need to be discreet. You don't share some of your deepest, darkest secrets and sins with someone who's going to betray you or somebody who's not going to be safe. You, sh- you confess this to someone you know is gonna actually pray for you because that's the point. You confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Righteous here just means someone who wants to do what's right. That's what righteousness is. It doesn't mean perfect, but it's someone who, who wants to do what is right, who does what is right. And it says in, in verse, I love this, I love, love, love this. James 5, 17. Elijah was as human as we are. Some versions say Elijah was a, was a human just like us. Elijah was a man just like us. Turn to the person next to you and go, Elijah is just like you. Elijah, the prophet Elijah. Remember the story about Elijah where the 600 prophets come. This is after he had prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years. And so things were a little bit kind of dry. And remember, he had this contest with these prophets of Baal. And he's like, "Ah, throw water on mine. Let's see. Let's see who the real God is. Let's, you know, whichever one starts on fire. And so the prophets are cutting themselves and, you know, just having a fit and doing all these crazy things, running around screaming and getting all banshee and nothing, nothing happens. But Elijah says, we'll see who the real God is and there's fire. This is the Elijah. Turn to your neighbor again and say, now do you believe that Elijah's just like you? How many of you could do that? Here's the other thing. Elijah? He prayed. I mean, I love this. This is 1 Kings in 17 and 18. Read about this story. He prayed, and and he just was so confident about it. He's just like, you know what? It says, it says Elijah was a human just as we are. And when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Do you believe that you're just like Elijah? Do you believe that you have that same power that you can pray and you can stop it from raining for three and a half years? Do you believe that you can pray and the rain will start? It's clear. Elijah was just as human as you are. Elijah was just like you. What? You could stop the rain. Remember that song, Creedence Clearwater Revival? who'll stop the rain? Well, Elijah, (laughs) for three and a half years, he stopped the rain. I love this. It's like, and he goes to King Ahab, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna pray and it's not gonna rain for three and a half years. That is, we can do that. We can be like that. But the problem that we have is, first of all, we don't really believe we're like Elijah. And second of all, we don't really pray like we believe that we're like Elijah. Does that make sense? And this is not to condemn you, but this is to say the third point, the C is confidently call. It says in 1 John 5, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. What? Did you know that was in there? We can confidently call on the name of Jesus and he, we know that he hears us. Do we really, do we really believe that he hears our cry? Do we? It says, since we, we know, we know that he hears us when we make our requests. And we also know he will give us what we ask for confidently call and the and the d so it's ask believe confidently call the d is do it says first john 322 and when we receive from him uh, and we will sorry receive from him whatever we ask because here's the stickler we obey him and we do the things that please him. So the more that you pray, the more that you come to understand the heart of God, the more you understand the heart of God, the more you'll pray the things of God. I, I read this quote and I'm probably gonna botch it, but it said, prayer influences people because God inf- because we influence God to influence them. Not that we have control, but that God when we cry out on behalf of somebody, and we believe that God is going before us, when you pray things like, Lord, your kingdom come in so-and-so's life, or, or God, one of the prayers that I've been praying is for people that I know that have, that have walked away from the Lord, God, bring them back from the north and the south and the east and the west. Bring them back, Lord. I know I'm praying God's will. I believe When I pray that, I believe God is going to hear me because I believe that I will receive from Him whatever I ask, not because I'm always obedient. But because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I want to obey him. My desire is to obey him and do the things that please him. And that's why I was saying before, prayer is a deterrent from doing, wanting to do sinful things. Psalm 34, one of my favorite passages, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Again, if you don't feel like you're righteous, because you're right now you're thinking of that one sin, like, oh, I am not righteous because I do fill in the blank. Confess your sins to one another and pray that you will be healed. Okay, the E is entreat, entreat the name of Jesus. It says here, you can ask in John 14, you can ask for anything in my name. In my name. He's not saying you can ask, Lord, can I please win the lottery? I'm going to go out and buy a ticket in faith and I'm going to believe. And God, I will even give you the first 10%. That is not what you pray because how do you know that's what Jesus is calling you to do? And maybe he will call you to, I'm not going to go there. Um, You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. This is why he will do it so that the son will bring glory to the father. Yes, you can ask me for anything in my name in the name of Jesus and I will do it. John 15:16 You didn't choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so the Father will give you Read this together. What whatever you ask for using my name. This is the promise that Jesus gives us. And again, it's that cycle. The more you pray, and the more you understand the will of God, the more you want to pray. And the more you want to pray, the more, you know, it's just this beautiful thing. Um, Romans, uh, I think it was Martin Luther who said, oh, I have so many things to do today. I need to get up an extra hour early just so I can pray longer. How many of us do that? Mm. I'm so convicted by that. I'm like, oh, I need to sleep in so I don't get sick. It's like the Bible says early will I seek you. Early. But here, this is our plight. This is our condition. Romans chapter seven. Anybody know where we're going here with this? Romans chapter seven. I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that's at war with my mind This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Pretty hopeless picture, isn't it here? This is is Paul, the apostle, that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This is his condition. He's saying this is how we are. This is our condition. It's pretty hopeless, huh? Pretty bleak. But then what does it say next? It says, what, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life dominated by sin and death? That's again, and I know I've shared this and it's gruesome and gross. But in those days, if you murdered someone, you would have their body chained to you. And you would have to carry that body. They would send you out into the desert until that body decayed. That's what our flesh is compared to. But here, verse 25, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is our only answer. And and so even when it comes to prayer, we're gonna gonna take some time and you're gonna just do business with God. Whatever whatever level or whatever area out of those different areas, I, I want you to just go before him and just let your requests be made known to him concerning prayer, concerning sensing his presence, concerning walking in his spirit, concerning understanding his will and the things that he wants to bless you with. I mean, I, I'm going to tell you some stories next week just of of God just blowing people away, including me, with just their direct answer to prayer. And And if you have a story, if you have a testimony like that, come and let us know. We want, we want you to share. We want to give all glory to God, right? So um, we're going to stand together and we're going to go before God and we're going to address one of these different areas, asking if, you're, if you're, not, you're afraid to ask, or if when you do ask, you, you have a hard time believing it. If you struggle with doubt, it's okay. He knows this. He understands this. Or if you don't come confidently, you come into his presence kind of like, Lord, I know I'm just a wretch. I'm just a worm. It's like he loves worms. He loves us. Even, even, he even knows everything about us and he still loves us. Just like Siri said, even in the darkness, the darkness can't even hide us. He knows everything about us. Or if you're having a hard time obeying what you know he's already told you to do. That's one reason some people don't pray. Because they know that if they do pray, that God's going to speak to them again about that thing. And I just want to say this as a little aside. If if you're having a hard time hearing God's voice, uh, go back to the last thing that he told you to do. That you knew that the Lord spoke to you. And ask yourself, have I done what God asked me to do? Okay, and then the last thing is call on the name of Jesus. Ask whatever you want in his name, and he says he will do it. So can we just go before God? Just You just take a couple of minutes and just talk to him and just tell him, say, I'm struggling with this, or Lord, help me grow in this, or God, move me into a deeper level here. We're just going to do it together, okay? Hmm. Lord, you know all things. You know our hearts. Lord, I love the, the passage. It says that, Lord, to the pure, you are, you are pure. Lord, and I love the, the, I love the promise that even when we're faithless, you are faithful because you cannot deny yourself. And Lord, we just come before you, Lord, recognizing our helplessness recognizing our need for you. Thanks be to God, Lord. You are the only one who can deliver us. Lord, you're, you're really even the only one who can, who can woo us into prayer, Lord, as we just follow your leading. And so, Lord, we just come before you and we say that we want to be people of prayer. Do you want that? Do you want that? If you do, can you just slip up your hand as a sign that you want to tell God, I want to be a person of prayer. I have both hands up. I want to, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to see your kingdom come. I want to see your will done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, I just ask for the Adventure Church, Lord, that each one of us would not be afraid to ask you to come into your presence as our loving Abba Daddy God, Lord, and that we would believe that when we ask, we would believe, Lord, that you love us, Lord, and we would believe, God, that you desire to give all good things to those that you call your own, Lord, and, and that we would come confidently into your presence, Lord, and that when we hear from you, we would obey, we would do what you've called us to do, Lord, and we would call upon your name. Lord, we wouldn't put the hope in ourselves. We wouldn't put our hope in our own works, but we would know that that we are helpless and hopeless without you. But with you, God, we can do all things because you give us strength and all things are possible for those who believe. Help us believe, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, can we applaud the Lord for his goodness? (laughs) Amen.